Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Got to stop. KJZ presented by Progressive Insurance. Just guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Bob Shusen with Dan Graziano here at the Seaport. This is normally a three-man show, KJZ. So why not make it a three-man show for a while now as we've got our guy, Seth Greenberg. He is ready to talk basketball with us. Coach, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're, oh, we're doing great. Fantastic. We are doing just great. But, you know, we're doing a little less great than we expected to be because we thought we were going to come in this morning and talk about the games and the stars, the performances. And, yeah. you know, I saw you were emailing back and forth and tweeting yesterday, and I had all these topics. We'll get to some of them, obviously, because you're going to be with us for the majority of the hour. But at the same time, here we are again, talking about another ugly fan incident. I mean, you, you've spent your life invested in this game. So what are your thoughts about where we're at right now and why this keeps continuing? You know, fans short for fanatic. You can't, like, legislate stupidity. I mean, you know, here's the deal. I, I do agree. I was listening to you guys when I was coming in, and you were talking about is it no different than it was before earlier because now we have camera phones and social media and everything else. You know, I'm not sure about that, but I think it, it is a little bit, Bob. I, I think that, you know, this is type of behavior has been going on for a long time. The only way to deal with it is to prosecute it. Hold people accountable for their actions. And I don't mean just taking away tickets. Like, here's the deal. I said it the other day. Popcorn one day, a bottle the next day, maybe a battery the next day. This is assault, plain and simple. Now, the arenas have to do a better job, you know, with the tunnels in terms of closing off the tunnels. But, I mean, you shouldn't have to close off the tunnels. Like, everyone knows the difference between right and wrong. Be a human being. Treat other people with respect. We asked uh, P.J. Carlissimo this. You, you think it's gotten worse? Do you think it's gotten more visible? I mean, in your experience in basketball, have you seen this go on for years, or does this seem like something that's relatively new? No, this has gone on for years. I, I can tell you, and I'm not going to call out the university, but every time we went to this one's institution, Ooh. uh Verbal, things thrown at you, pennies, batteries at parents. Uh, the words that have said to some of my parents in the uh, arenas has been absolutely ridiculous. And we've had people sit down and ignore that type of behavior. At least we're addressing it now. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. I think that society is saying enough's enough. We're not going to accept this type of behavior. And I don't think this is just a racial issue. I think this is a behavioral issue. I think that basically people have no respect. You see it every day on social media. You see it uh, in, in the way people re- treat each other. The lack of respect for each other and the lack of uh, behavior that we would teach our children. People go to an arena and they think they can say and do anything. And Dan talked about this earlier. I think it's a good point. Maybe social media, in a good way, has also brought us to a place where the athletes feel more empowered now to call this out, to point it out, to alert everyone. Like 20 years ago, maybe an athlete that you coached just looked at it as the cost of doing business. You know what I mean? I go to a violent, you know, I go to like a really hostile environment. Somebody yells something that they would never yell at me on the street or in any other setting. I just have to eat it. It seems like the athletes of today have gotten to the point now where they don't feel like they have to eat this anymore, that they can call this out. And they should call it out. 
because this behavior is unacceptable and it needs to be addressed. And it's not a league issue. It's an arena issue and it's a humanity issue. I mean, like what good human being treats someone else like that? One, what human being thinks it's all right to dump popcorn or throw bottles? The, that type of behavior is just unacceptable. And it needs to be called out. It needs to be addressed. And it needs to be prosecuted. Yep. Bob Oshusen, Dan Graziano, Seth Greenberg here on KJZ on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Uh, you know what? Let's hear what Kevin Durant had to say as well, because I think he even was more emphatic than Kyrie, and he wasn't the one that had the bottle thrown at him. So here's what KD said after the game. Fans got to grow up at some point. I know that being in the house for a year and a half with the pandemic, got a lot of people on edge, got a lot of people uh, stressed out. Um, but when you come to these games, you got to realize, man, these, these, these men are human. You know, we're not animals. We're not in a circus. You coming to the game is not all about you as a fan. So have some respect for the game. Have some respect for these human beings. And have some respect for yourself. Your mother wouldn't be proud of you throwing water bottles at, at basketball players or spitting on players or tossing popcorn. So go the f*** up and enjoy the game. You know, it's bigger than, it's bigger than you. Yeah, I mean, thank God the fans are back in the building. 99 times out of 100, it's such a positive to have the fans back in the building. The garden has sounded again like it used to sound, and it's great, but not when someone spits on Trey Young from the second row. I mean, it's just, it can't, it can't happen. Yeah, ridiculous. It can't happen in humanity, Bob. I mean, yes, who, yeah. who, who does that? Who walks down the street and does something like that? I mean, this is absolutely absurd. This is an acceptable and unacceptable behavior in society. This is unacceptable, and it needs to be called out. It needs to be exploited, and, and it needs to be addressed. Yep. We actually have a couple of calls. And it's, again, I don't this. think it's a league issue. It's a, a humanity issue. Yes, 100%. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Patrick in Denver has been patient. He's up next on KJZ here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Hey, Patrick. Hello. How, how's it going? Good. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, really yeah, uh, just my thoughts. Um, it's, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's too much exposure uh, for the, these people that are doing outrageous things at games. Um, don't don't give them the light of day. I guess uh, uh, that that's all I got. But. Thank you for your time. All right, yeah. Patrick. Thanks. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I'm, I, I hear where you're coming from, Patrick. And right, why give it oxygen? Right, it's just going to make it worse. You know, when it, when a fan runs onto the field at a sporting event, they don't show it because they, they feel like it'll encourage other people to do the same thing, right? But the players are talking about it, and the players are feeling it, right? This is this matters to them. Like, if you're Kyrie Irving, you know, you left that game last night. You know, you, out of the corner of your eye, you see something, something come sailing at your head. You don't know what it is. Right? And, and, and you shouldn't have to feel that way walking off the court, uh, walking out of your place of business, which is what this is for them. So the fact that the players are talking about it, the fact that they're feeling it so intently, I, I, think, I think makes it a story that yeah. we do talk about. And, and to, to Coach's point, you know, I, I think calling it out is important. And I think this is different than a guy running on the field. Like course, I think the guy that's running on the field is looking for attention. Right. The guy that threw a water bottle at Kyrie yeah. Irving from a crowd, he didn't want to get arrested. Right. He thought he would get away with it and no one would see it. The guy spitting on Trey Young, he's not doing that with like a big blinking right. sign over his head that says, hey, everybody, look at me. I'm now spitting on Trey Young. He thought he would get away with it and no one would see it. Right. So to me, this is the opposite. Exactly. Publicize my point. it. Get their face out there. Ban them from these arenas forever. 
never arrest them, haul them off in handcuffs, make an example of them, so the next idiot with a water bottle might think twice about whether or not he wants to throw something at Kyrie Irving. We hope. I hope. hope. Right? What do you think, The other thing is, if you you ignore it, you're condoning it. Uh, If you ignore it, I went through an incident when I was coaching at Long Beach State at at New Mexico State where an anti-Semitic comment was written on our our locker room uh, grease board. We walked in to our shoot-around that day, and it was an anti-Semitic comment directed at me uh, on our grease board. And I had a choice. Do I just erase it and say, you know, it didn't happen, or do I basically bring it to the attention of, of the public? And I said, well, if I ignore this, then basically I'm saying that it's all right to think that way. It's all right to say that. It's all right to allow that person to know that they got away with it. So I, on the other hand, I said, no, I can't do that because anti-Semitism is real. It's, we're seeing it right now in our world today and in society all over, the, all over our own country, which is really horrific, uh, which is underreported, quite honestly. So what did I do? I stepped up and I and I exposed it. And I think that if you if you ignore these things, then you're condone. If not, you're condoning them. You're allowing that person to think that they can get away with that type of behavior. That type of behavior is acceptable. It's unacceptable. It needs to be exposed and it needs to be addressed. And if you don't address it and you don't expose it, then you're condoning it. And I think that uh, what the media is doing and what the players are doing is 100 percent correct. And uh I think what has to happen is not just take away tickets, but take away tickets across the board. Like that guy in Boston, which he's wearing a Kevin Garnett jersey. I mean, I, I mean that, that, that was the most bizarre thing. Is, you know, he can't go to a Red Sox game. He can't go to a Patriots game. I mean, he is void of having an opportunity to go into an arena and behave inappropriately. Yep. You've got to send a clear message to these people that are behaving in this manner. Coach, I know you have to jump on SportsCenter. We're going to have you back, though, in about 20 minutes. We'll take more calls. You know, when, we, when you come back, we're going to talk about the games yes. because we do want to talk about all of your observations from these star players playing like stars. And, you know, at the Knicks, that's one thing we want to talk about with you as well. They have a guy that played like a star during the regular season. It's not happening right now. So, so can they flip that series? We're going to talk to Seth Greenberg coming up about that a short time from now. But we're going to squeeze back into the NFL. When we come back, a superstar who might be – Changing his wings. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL senior reporter, is going to join us next to talk about that. KJZ on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Julio Jones has made it clear he wants out of Atlanta. And his former head coach, Kyle Shanahan, was asked if the 49ers would be interested in trading for him. Well, yeah, we're always interested in improving our team. We'll we'll never just say we can't improve our team. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. And Dan Graziano in for the guys on KJZ, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, including our next guest. That's Jeremy Fowler, one of our NFL insiders as well. As Dan explained it earlier, we will continue to explain it throughout the morning, though, if you weren't with us, why June 1st matters, salary cap implications. Might be a lot of big names out there, one in particular, Julio Jones. So, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right. Well, we, Dan kind of handicapped Aaron Rodgers. I want you to handicap Julio Jones for us. When and where are we on the verge of this happening? Well, there's some urgency here. This could happen as early as Wednesday because the team can save money post-June 1st. So that's in play. They've been talking with several teams. Asking around the league, the team that comes up the most is the San Francisco 49ers. They have nearly $20 million in cap space to try to make this happen. They need a number one receiver. Kyle Shanahan's got the connection with Julio Jones. You hear a little bit of the Rams and some others. You know, the Seahawks have been sort of floating around here, although I don't know if they could pull it off because they really value the draft capital they have. Tennessee is lurking a little bit. New England to, you know, a lesser extent, but I think they've at least had the conversation. Uh, And so the question is, is the team willing to give up a high pick, maybe even a first-round pick, in order to turn around and pay Julio Jones $15 million in guaranteed money. Teams don't want to do that right now. So it's a bit of a tug and war with these teams to see what they can work out and what they can get Atlanta to pay. Yeah, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's kind of a weird, tricky story to report because, you know, you, you can't figure yeah. out exactly what the compensation is going to end up being. You, you talk about maybe a first-round pick. You list San Francisco, the Rams, Seattle. None of them even have first-round picks next year, so they can't even give <laughs> right. that. Right. And then the other issue is I think people don't have their head around, and, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, what you've found out. Like the, there are teams that are going to offer something based on the Falcons paying part of the salary, and they don't really want to do that, right? 
Yeah, because for Atlanta, Dan, this is a salary cap dump, yeah. right? I mean, they need the money. They can't even pay their rookies right now. They have less than a million dollars in salary cap space. So unless they make another move, like extend defensive tackle Grady Jarrett or maybe cut some players, they need to make this trade with Julio Jones. Teams know that, and so they're using it for leverage. Because, you know, you ask around the league, uh, as I'm sure you have, people say, look, a first-round pick and $15 million is nuts, no matter yeah. how good Julio Jones is. But – some of those teams, it's, it's a matter of this new age thinking with some that they don't, you know, they'll give out first round picks like they're church flyers, like they don't care anymore, um, you know, because they, they feel like they're getting prime players. The Rams don't have a first round pick for the next few years, haven't had one in a few years, but, you know, they don't seem to care because they, they have star players and they hit on their second and third round picks. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of uh, team philosophy and we'll see which one is aggressive enough to try to make this happen and follow that. Why not Baltimore? Should Baltimore not be a team that's – I mean, I know they drafted a receiver, but if there was one team out there that kind of looked like they were one thing away last year, it was the Ravens and having a big-time wide receiver. Should yeah. they be talked about more? Are they, they hunting around this thing or not so much? They are hunting around a little bit. I was told from a source that they're willing to get involved at the right price. Yeah. So if Atlanta has what it thinks it has, and that's a very high pick, I don't think that would be the right price – for Baltimore, we know GM Eric DaCosta values greatly draft capital. So they know their receiver room is much better. They got Rashad Bateman in the first round. They got Sammy Watkins to pair with Hollywood Brown and those other guys. But they know a guy like Julio Jones would put them over the top. So it's something that's been internalized. They've talked about. I could see it, but they're probably a dark horse right now considering – if, if the capital is as high as, as we think it is, it's going to be hard for them to go that high. Very little history with the Ravens in terms of trading – Picks for players, yeah. especially if you're talking about a 32-year-old player. They'd have to be really sure they're that player away. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, fascinated, though, that we're talking about three teams in the NFC West, right? I mean, that's, like, that's, that's the Atlanta Falcons' dream is three competing teams uh, sort of making right. their offers for this guy. Uh, and I wonder, like, uh, yeah, I, I, it just feels like it would be a very Rams-like move, uh, a very Sean McVay <laughs> Rams like move to, to to trade whatever they have left draft wise for for a star. What do you what do you got on Aaron Rodgers? What's the latest uh, on him that you're hearing with uh, Rodgers and the Packers and that standoff? Yeah, Dan, another difficult story because it seems like the Packers are just waiting this out. You talk to other people that they 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 think the same thing that Green Bay is just you know they're actively looking for solutions, but nobody really knows what those solutions are right now. Nobody knows exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants except for Aaron Rodgers and maybe a small circle of people. We know he's frustrated. Uh, we know that he, you know, he, to an extent, feels disrespected by the franchise over the last year or two. Uh, but there is no active solution absent a contract extension, which is certainly on the table and possible. But minicamp coming up is, is probably what they're waiting out right now because they know those receivers that missed last week, partly due to Aaron Rodgers, they'll all be back because it's mandatory. But there's no promise that Aaron Rodgers will be back. And meanwhile, there's been no trade buzz here. You know, you ask around to other teams. Uh, and then from Green Bay's angle, they're like, look, we're still trying to be consistent here privately and publicly that we're not dealing this guy. This is an MVP here. Uh, and so something has to give, and minicamp will probably force some sort of action one way or the other. Jeremy Fowler, NFL Insider, with us here on KJZ. NFL Insider Dan Graziano with us as well. I'm Bob Schusen, uh talking football with these guys. I, I want to throw this both at, at both of you guys, where this is concerned, how dumb I think this whole thing is. Um, and I'll see if you agree. You know what, Rat? Let me just make it a simple question. Is this situation with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers as dumb as I think it is? Jeremy, you want to start? Uh, <laughs> I have my thoughts. Dan has it thoughts, but yeah, we, we want to hear of how dumb. you say. 
the, well, if, if you're the Packers, you might think it is a little bit, you know, because you're like, look, we won 26 games the last two years. We're a play away from the Super Bowl pretty much every year right now with the current setup we have. This roster is pretty good. You can pick it apart, but hey, you know, we have a good, we have a good spot for you here to come win another MVP. Uh, so, you know, I, I think because there are some hints out there, whether it's from former players talking on behalf of Rodgers or, you know, he hasn't totally burned the bridge yet, that this is sort of fixable. That There's a feeling there. Now there's also uh, that variable, is, is this guy going to walk away? Is he going to actually sit out a year? That's a question people are asking too. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the dumb index would probably have it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, certainly because um, it, it makes too much sense for Rodgers to finish his career in Green Bay and try to win another Super Bowl. Do you agree with that? Dumb index, 5 out of 10? Are you, are you going higher on the dumb I index think, I think Jeremy? Jeremy's being generous to Aaron Rodgers, right. I, I think, with that. I, I, think he, I think Rodgers is being completely ridiculous. Like, one of the things, like, there's so many layers to this that bother me, but one of the things is, like, the idea that, oh, it would have been better if they had – told him they were going to draft Jordan Love before they did. No, it wouldn't. He still, they still would have picked. They still would have been the same exact situation right. if they, they took his replacement. Look, if he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. They can get a lot of money back, um, and they can move on to Jordan Love sooner than they planned to. If he does want to play, where is he going to go? That gives him a better chance to win the Super Bowl before he's Not done better. than the team that is. I agree. Right? I mean, maybe he goes to Denver. They have a very good roster, I think, minus the quarterback. Probably not better than yeah. Green Bay, I but mean, that, that's a good question. Is there a place he could end up that gives him a better chance or even as good a chance as a team he won 13 games with last year and won an MVP with? I don't see it. Well, there's no slam dunk, right? We can talk about Las Vegas, but eh. They've been 8-8, eight 7-9. Eight, that roster's not exactly great. And Denver, we can talk about how good the roster is, but they've struggled the last few years. That's hardly a slam dunk, even if they have a quarterback in place. So Green Bay uh, makes, still makes the most sense, for sure. Let me throw this one at both of you guys as well, because my guy Rich Samini covers the Jets for ESPN. Threw out there, the Jets could be big players post-June 1st because there might be some names out there. So maybe not just specific to the Jets, although selfishly as the Jet guy, like I want them to get more players, but – League-wide, how many names not named – or how many guys not named Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers post-June 1st that we're not talking about right now might surprise people? I mean, could there be some guys late this week, early next week that pop out there on the unexpected free agent market where a team like the Jets might get a bargain or any team in the NFL might get a bargain? you guys hearing any other names? Jeremy? Yeah, certainly cornerback is a good place to start. Richard Sherman's out there. There's a connection with the New Orleans Saints and Chris Richard, his former coach in Seattle, is now the defensive backs coach there. They need a cornerback opposite Marshawn Lattimore. And the Jets, too, with Robert Sala. That could be an option. You know, Steven Nelson's a good cornerback out there. Justin Houston, if you need a pass rusher. Uh, there are a ton of names. And if you even look on the trade market, there could be some more action beyond Julio Jones where, you know, Zach Ertz, uh, he has been on the market for months. Several teams have kind of got involved, not gotten that to the finish line yet. I think the Eagles don't, just don't want to give him away for nothing. They'll eventually settle for probably, you know, a late-round pick uh, to move on from him. And then Nick Foles. The Jets have no NFL experience on their quarterback mm. roster right now. Uh, that is a guy who has a Joe Douglas connection from their days in Philadelphia. It could make some sense there as a trade. I'll throw out that I mean, the Jets wouldn't be able to get him. But, I mean, like, Stephon Gilmore is a guy that we've heard a lot about this offseason. You know, yeah. he would want a new contract. That's, that's part of the reason, um, you know, there hasn't been much action on him. Uh, but that could change, certainly. Yeah. And, I mean, you mentioned Ertz. The other thing, like, look at it this way, Bob. Like, the dominoes, right? Like, if, if someone were to acquire 
Aaron Rodgers and his salary, Julio Jones and his salary. They may, right. have to, they may have to put somebody on the trade block that's not there right now, right? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson yeah. can still get traded this offseason, uh, depending right. on how things shake out with him in terms of um, you know, the legal issues he's dealing with. So, yeah, it, it could be a very interesting couple of months that's usually not, not so interesting on the NFL calendar. Just what the NFL needed, another <laughs> month or two with all the attention on it, right? No time for golf, Dan. Zero time to play oh, golf. There's always time. It's all about the NFL. Seriously, the two you, you guys that, that that cover the NFL, they have figured out a way to give you something to cover all 12 months of the year. But yeah. you know, today I learned how early the sun comes up this time of year. So I think there's time for golf. Uh, probably at a time that I wasn't uh, I wasn't yeah. expecting. We got more time with Jeremy, or we, we, we definitely we, have another minute or two with Jeremy. Got so good. Yeah. Well, we want to ask you about what you're hearing uh, in uh, New England with Mac Jones, Cam Newton, what that situation looks like to you in terms of who yeah. the starting quarterback's going to be. Yeah, Dan, it sounds like it's, he's been as advertised in the first couple of days in OTAs. He's accurate, uh, not a physical specimen. You look at Cam Newton out there, looks great. Mac Jones looks you know, more like a kicker. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he, he's, he's putting the ball on guys when, when the ball needs to be there. You know? and, and so it, I think just from a smarts accuracy standpoint, he's fit that bill so far. And I continue to hear the plan is to start Cam Newton unless Mac Jones becomes undeniable sooner than later. Maybe that happens in training camp. Maybe there's a window for that to happen. But right now, he's going to be still donning that number 50 jersey, the old Rob Ninkovich, uh, <laughs> because Belichick likes to humble his rookies, and then they'll go from there. Yeah, that, that physical comparison with Cam's not fair. I asked Josh Allen last year uh, about the comparisons between him and Cam, and he laughed. He said, no one who's ever seen us with our shirts off would make that comparison. So uh, <laughs> Mac's not alone in that regard. You know, these teams, and you guys, I don't know if no you guys agree, I, these teams all lie about the quarterbacks, right? If a guy gets taken towards the top of the first round, sometimes even in the first round as a rookie, they play. And it doesn't matter what they say during right. training camp. It doesn't yeah. matter, oh, we're going to let this guy sit, we're going to let him learn. No. These guys go play. And that's what it, that's the culture now, I think, in the NFL as a rookie, Jeremy, don't you think? Oh, no question. It, it shifted. It used to be like, you know, back when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, sit the guy two, three years. Can you imagine drafting Aaron Rodgers now and then just sitting him three years, a guy that talented? God. You put him out there, you tailor the offense around their skill set, and you look, look at Justin Herbert. You give him plays he can digest and let him go throw 60-yard bombs and, and hope for the best and make these guys stars sooner than later, and that, that's the league now. Well, we could talk football with you for hours. We appreciate it. Thanks for getting up early and, uh, and spending some time with us. Hey, thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you, you guys. It. That is Jeremy Fowler, NFL insider here on ESPN. Bob Shoes and Dan Graziano in for KJZ. Seth Greenberg is going to rejoin us real quick after we give you a Sports Center right now. And unfortunately, in the, in the uh, NBA, we have another fan incident to talk about. A Celtics fan escorted out of the arena by Boston police and arrested last night for throwing an object that was a water bottle. At Kyrie Irving narrowly missed him as he walked into the tunnel following a 39-point performance for Brooklyn, giving them a Game 4 win and a 3-1 series lead over the Celtics. Here's what Kyrie Irving had to say about the incident. Underlying racism and just treating people like they're in a human zoo. You know, throwing stuff at people, saying things. You know, there's a certain point where it just gets to be too much. So, you know, I, I called it out. I just wanted to keep it strictly basketball. And then you just see that people just feel very entitled out here. You know, they pay for the tickets, great. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we're coming in to watch a great performance. But it, it's just, you know, we're not at the theater. We're not throwing tomatoes and, and other random stuff at the people that are performing. You know, it's just it's too much. 
Yep, he's right. And we will talk to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj will join us coming up in the next hour as well to talk about the injury to Anthony Davis, listed as day-to-day with a groin. Now, he didn't look like a player that was day-to-day when he was being helped off the floor in a loss to the La- uh, by the Lakers to the Suns, 192. That has completely flipped that series momentum-wise with Chris Paul all of a sudden looking like that shoulder doesn't hurt so much. That series is now even at two, so game five becomes fascinating. What will the story be with AD? We're going to talk to Woj about that coming up in the next hour. And Helio Castro-Davis ties an Indy 500 record with A.J. Foyt, Rick Mears, Al Unser Sr. He is now a four-time winner at the Brickyard. Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It's time for some straight talk, cutting your wireless bill in half. That feels good. Home run in the ninth inning, good? Well, maybe not that good, but Straight Talk certainly offers 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. Up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, KJZ, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, Bob Wischusen, Dan Graziano. Now Seth Greenberg comes back in to join the conversation. All right, Guys, we've talked, obviously, a lot this morning about what happened with Kyrie Irving last night, and we'll take some calls about that coming up a little bit later on as well. Triple eight, say espn triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. But, Seth, like you, we watched wall-to-wall basketball yesterday. I want to talk about the games, and one thing we haven't touched on a lot yet, we did a little bit with PJ, but I want your talk, the Knicks. I expected this to be an epic series, a seven-game series, two incredibly even match, evenly matched teams that every game potentially could go right down to the wire. We keep waiting for Julius Randle to be Julius Randle. We keep figure, waiting for the Knicks, a really good defensive team, to figure out a way to stop Trey Young. Neither of those two things have happened. Is there a reason to believe either of those two things will happen in Game 5? Could we still have a really good series between these two? I don't think so. Uh, I think this thing is over. I think the Knicks might win in the Garden, but I don't think it goes much further than that. And it's real simple. Knicks just don't have enough ways to score. And you say Julius Randle. Julius Randle has struggled. He has struggled against the length of the Hawks. But more importantly, he struggled against the defensive game plan of Nate McMillan. The ability when Julius Randle catches the ball in the wing, they are absolutely loading the box. They're adding an extra defender to defend him. They're pushing him, keeping him on the sidelines, and when he drives at baseline, all right, basically they're covering the elbows and the blocks on the ball side and shrinking on the, on the weak side. He's playing basically one against two and a half, and he's not that type of player. Well, why is he playing one against two and a half? Because the Knicks just don't have enough floor gamers, playmakers, and shot makers. That's just the way it is. All right, Derrick Rose has been terrific. All right, absolutely terrific. Name me another guy that can go get a shot on this Knicks team. What Tibbs has done with this team has been incredible. They have defended. They have shared the ball. They've either got to play ahead of the defense, because once that defense gets set, they can't score in any type of isolation against that defense. There's a big difference between playing in a regular season and then playing in the playoffs when you're playing game after game after game and you've got a focal, focal point in terms of your game planning. The Knicks are in trouble. They, they need floor gamers, shot makers. Rose has been terrific. But I, I really like this Atlanta Hawks team. I think the DNA and the makeup of their team is really good. And Trey Young has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, to me, there's that old Bill Parcells thing, like, don't tell me about the pain, just show me the baby. I, I get it that they're overloading the box on Julius Randle. But Julius Randle played like a superstar all year, and the guys around him made shots. And 
okay, they're going to load the box against you. Figure it out and produce because the Knicks were arguably the best defensive team in the league this past year. They can't stop Trey Young. They're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at Trey Young. They can't keep him out of the paint. So he's figuring it out. To me, if you're Julius Randle and you want to be thought about thought of as one of those guys, you got to figure it out and figure out a way to produce even when the going gets tough. Yeah, the going gets tough. First of all, Trey Young, I, I think they've got to flat just blitz him. I mean, when I say blitz him, I mean all out blitz him. Get the ball out of his hands early, and then get that thing spinning and playing rotation. Because if he keeps his dribble alive, all right, he sees all five defenders. And when he sees all five defenders, if they keep him, and what they've been trying to do is down him or push him weak to his left hand, he's got the runner. If the big steps up, he's throwing it to the dunker spot. Or if they shrink off the weak side because they're playing on an empty side, he's skipping it out and they're knocking down threes. If he can keep his dribble alive, the Knicks have issues. Get the ball out of his hands. The earlier, the better. And obviously, you've got to meet him early in, in transition. The other thing is that his maturity right now is, is phenomenal. The poise and the patience that he plays with is just incredible. I mean, his feel, you've seen him grow as an NBA player. You knew he did those things as a college player. He had great vision. But as an NBA player, he's not forcing anything. He's playing at his own pace. Julius Randle's not that type of player, Bob. I mean, that's just the way it is. He's not that type of player. Yeah. Can he play against the one-on-one isolation? Yes, he can. But you know what? You also have to have complementary players. People forget he had double-digit rebounds yesterday. He had seven assists yesterday. But he's not scoring over an extra defender. So what has to happen is you've got to make them pay. It's not him as much, although he has to be able to finish around the basket. He missed a couple there. It's when that thing gets kicked out, that second pass, that guy's got to make a play. That first pass, that guy's got to make a play. And and the ball's getting stuck. They're playing on the sidelines too much. I'm really surprised they're not trying to play more in the shoot in the middle of the floor because once it gets to the sidelines, it's obviously easier to establish your your defensive principles. Yeah, you hit on it at the beginning. We've been talking so much about the Knicks being a letdown. But, I mean, is Atlanta better than their seed? Like, are, is, if Atlanta advances, which it looks like they will, are they a factor? Can they make like, life difficult for a Philadelphia or a Milwaukee or a Brooklyn? Well, I'll tell you what, I think they are a factor. They've got good length. They're, they have legitimate defenders. I mean, you know, you think about Hunter, legitimate defender. Capella pre- protects the rim. You know, the one suspect defender, obviously, is, is Trey. I think that Bogdanovich makes shots. If you look at the makeup of this team, or you got a dynamic guard that can get in the lane, make plays, seize the floor, stretches the defense. All right, you got that. You've got a guy that can play behind the defense uh, in terms of uh, in the dunker spot, playing a ball screen, rim run. You've got short rollers, all right, in Collins who can short roll and pass it pretty good, also score it. You got guys coming off the bench that can make shots. I think defensively, I think Nate McMillan's done it. He, he's a terrific coach. Guy, the guy's won everywhere. You know, he's struggled in the playoffs, but he's won everywhere he's been. And you can see these guys are playing for him. These guys are a problem. Unless you can contain the ball, they're going to score. If you can't contain the basketball off all those slot and middle ball screens, he's going to read all. He's going to read your, your your coverage. He has a solution for what you're going to do, and they've got players around him. And that's the difference between him and the Knicks. The players around him actually fit. They can play off of what he does well. It's, and again, you know, Bob, it's different between a forward as a point forward, per se, which Julian Randle is not, and a guy who starts with the ball in his hands, who now all of a sudden is a facilitator and a scorer, and oh, by the way, has logo range. 
there's a difference in terms of the versatility of that type of player. I think the Hawks are for real, and I think that they know they're for real in terms of the way they carry themselves. They've got a little swag to them that uh, I don't care who they're going to play against. You know, they might a little bit be this year's Nuggets. Well, we want to find out what you think as well about LeBron in the next three games. That is coming up with Seth Greenberg as well. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. And by the way, tune into Memorial Day baseball action coming up. The Astros and the Red Sox coverage begins today at 4 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and on ESPN as well. So more with Seth Greenberg after I tell you what's going on with Goodyear. Goodyear knows when the season starts heating up, so do the possibilities. Playoff hopefuls are beginning to emerge, and contenders are solidifying their position. From here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. Bob Bouchus and Dan Graziano back filling in for KJZ on ESPN Radio, ESPN2 after this. Give the Phoenix Suns the credit that they deserve. They won this basketball game, and I'm not so sure it would be any different if Anthony Davis was healthy the way that this game started. It's about a Phoenix Suns victory today. Final score, Suns 100, Lakers 92. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com.
Met with coach before the game, told me he was going to sit me. I told him, hell nah. Ball looking, ball driving, falling away. It's good. He looks like the old Chris Paul. Davis, he's grabbing his right leg. One of the best players in the world, and you have to adjust. Your shoulders are built for a reason. It takes me to put some more on top of it. And so be it. To have him out there sort of guarding you, knowing you somewhat less than, it was good. Good feeling to just be out there and compete. Now, you want to talk about a series that has flipped, and it has flipped on the shoulder of Chris Paul, literally and figuratively. He had 18 points, nine assists, no turnovers, three steals, the most points, assists, and steals in any game this season. And now we have a completely different feel, Lakers and Suns, that we had a couple of days ago. Paul's overnight delivery brought to you by USPS. Business is changing. USPS is changing with it. Find out how at usps.com slash new roots. The United States Postal Service priority. You, Bob Oshuzik, Dan Graziano, Seth Greenberg here on KJZ on a Memorial Day. And, you know, Seth, uh, Friday afternoon I was hosting a show with Bart Scott, uh, Bart and Han, and our topic was congratulating the Lakers on their first round win. That series was <laughs> over because of what AD and LeBron had done. We were wondering whether or not Kawhi would end up in New York or Miami, because that whole thing was going to get blown up because they were done. How about how those two series have completely flipped on their ear, and which one surprises you more? Whew, that's a good one. You know, you talk about injured players on both in both of those series. Obviously, Anthony Davis goes down and changes the DNA and the identity of, of the Lakers. They don't get to the line. They shut half of their shots from the three-point line. They don't have the same rim protection. But the Suns were just good, and then all of a sudden Chris Ball's healthy. I mean, when I say healthy, I mean, that dude was healthy. I mean, he was making plays. When he's getting in the lane and navigating those ball screens and ball faking and pulling it back and shooting runners, you've got a problem. And I thought the Phoenix Suns' game plan was great. They ran the Lakers. They beat them down to Florida, played ahead of the defense. Uh, the Lakers, uh, without Anthony Davis, are not the same team. I mean, they're 1-6 against playoff teams uh, without Anthony Davis this season. That's a problem. What does he do? He gets some easy baskets. He gets them to the foul line. He protects the rim. He's an individual defender. You take Caldwell Pope out of the equation, and all of a sudden now you're down two defenders. Puts a lot of pressure on LeBron James. And like I talked about the Knicks, you know, LeBron James is phenomenal. He can make those plays by himself. But I'm not sure the other complementary players uh, are there for the Lakers right now. I'm, I'm interested to know, where's Montrose Harrell? I mean, where is he? I mean, that guy was sixth man of the year last year. He can't even get in the game. I mean, if you want energy, you want a guy that can get easy baskets, you want a guy that can run the floor, you want a guy that can get you an offensive rebound or two in an extra possession, you got to give that guy a shot. But right now I'd say the Suns are in a better place. If Chris Ball stays healthy, I mean, I, I got to believe that the Suns are going to win this series if, if AD doesn't play. When AD plays well, he gets to the line, he scores 30 points, he rebounds the ball, he defends. So I think that the Suns, if, if Chris Ball is healthy, man, they look good. And I love Monty Williams, just his poise again uh, – his ability to connect with his players. I mean, Chris Paul, and obviously the real conversation he had with him was terrific. Uh, you know, the, the other series with the Clippers, no Luka Doncic in terms of being healthy. Uh, the complimentary players don't step up. Puts a lot of pressure, obviously, on an injured Doncic, and, and that's what you saw happen. So a lot can happen in a day in the playoffs, man. Man, oh, man. We got some calls I want to talk to both of you guys at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's go to Nico in Chicago first. With Seth, Dan, Bob, KJZ, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Go ahead, Nico. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Good. Good, man. Awesome, awesome. Hey, happy Memorial Day 
Um, shout out to Grazi. Keep smacking Hambo on the head on Get Up. You're the GOAT. Grazi the GOAT. Let's, let's keep that established right now. Right? But, uh, uh, long he set you up now. Now we got to get it. For sure. For sure. Long story short, uh, I, I want to touch on one thing since you guys were talking about it earlier, about the fans, uh, the obnoxious fans in the arena. Um, I think that uh, a band to the to uh, the arena that they were at isn't good enough because who's to say that they won't go to you know the uh, the other arena that they uh, like like say the guy that spit on Trey Young who's to say he won't be feeling foggy and take a trip to uh, State Farm Arena in Atlanta and do the same thing you know like I feel like a band at the specific arena is just a slap in the wrist. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they really need to fill it in their gut. So I feel like uh, a, a band from every, at least every NBA event, you know, nationwide, that will really hit home, you know? So the NBA, uh, you know, and the Players Association, they'll, they'll talk about it. They'll, they'll, get it um, they'll get it situated, but I think that they should uh, ramp it up a little bit. But what right. I really wanted to talk about <laughs> is – and I really want to talk about it when Keyshawn was here because I wanted to see his reaction. But I'm pretty sure he's listening. But check this out, guys. Check this out. Now, check out this scenario. LeBron James, regarded as one of the greatest of all time, he's 14-0 and 0 in, in, in first-round series. Now, granted, Anthony Davis is out. Yes, we know this. But at the same time, Chris Paul was not nowhere near 100% in the last two games. Now, check this out. What if Devin Booker, in his first playoff series, knocks off the GOAT? In well, you know what? If Devin, if Devin Booker knocks off the GOAT, he's going to knock off the GOAT because DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul are knocking the GOAT off. Because Devin Ayton? Booker hadn't done much of anything in this series. Ayton's amazing. Like, I mean, that's yeah, like, talk about playing like a number one overall pick. I mean, that guy's been, I, I, I mean, I don't know. They, they, they just look better. It said, Running the about, floor, Dan. Yeah, right. I mean, you talk about the complimentary players not stepping up for L.A. Do you, th- do you think there's anything to the idea if, if A.D. is out for a couple of games that maybe that stirs something in those guys? I mean, that, could that be the kind of thing that, you know, knocks them upside the head and says, hey, we do need to do something. We can't count on both these guys to carry us. Well, I think Montrez is the answer in terms of at least you got to give him a run. You got to give him a run. I mean, the guy's proved to be a productive winning player in the NBA. I mean, he's proved that he can impact the game by running the floor, getting to the glass, and his energy. Uh, he's, the, he's the guy that can make it. Schroeder, I mean, Schroeder's a very good player. He can defend, he can pressure on the basketball. He's kind of a hit or miss in terms of decision making offensively and shot making. I just look at, you know, you don't have Coldwell Pope and you don't have Anthony Davis. You're, you're, you're missing two starters. Hmm. I'm not sure the complementary players of, of the Lakers are good enough. Now, I, here's what I would do. I would start Gasol and not Drummond. I'd start Gasol because all of a sudden now Gasol's ability to pass and ability to score the ball and shoot the ball, I should say, and stretch the defense will open up the floor because how are you going get to peop- get, get people in foul trouble? How are you going to get to the line? LeBron's got to play downhill. The, the, the jump shooting days, forget about it. Like, LeBron's got to attack, 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 attack. Yeah, he can make jump shots, but, I mean, he's going to have he's gonna have to play 40 minutes. Can he play 40 minutes, be productive, and put pressure so that he's so aggressive getting to the rim, Gasol can step out and knock down a jumper. All right, now he can maybe spray it out and they can knock down some step-in threes. But that's going to be the key. Those other guys, I'm not just sure how good they are. Yeah. 
We go, we're going to find out if, uh, if AD can't get out there. Look, we're going to have more coming up after the break. We're going to talk to – what are we going to talk to? Woj. Woj is coming up. We're going to talk to Monica McNutt, get another Hoya on the show. We need more Hoyas on the show, I think, at ESPN in, in general. So that will be good. Uh, Seth, is Seth coming back? Seth coming back? I don't you know. coming back, Seth? I can come, I can I come back to Always welcome back. If not, have a great day. Anyway, we'll be back after this. <laughs> Bob and Dan. On Two of the great ones right there. Really I, don't, I don't want to mess Thank up your you. guys' act. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.